0: Before COVID, there was actually another virus going around. You could call this virus the bullshit delusional optimism virus. Its primary vectors were people like Steven Pinker and Bill Gates, people that always say things are getting better and better in modern life. Don't get me wrong, there are a lot of stats that support their claims child mortality, violence, and the cost of TVs are all going in the right direction. But Western society seems kind of sick. Wealth disparity is at an all-time high, younger generations are assetless and broke, and that's why so many people are considering moving into the metaverse, because material conditions are not as good as these people might have you believe. And this is translating into the amount of babies that young people are having. Fertility is now below replacement rate at 1.78, a far cry from peak baby boom in the US in 1960, when it was 3.58. But there's a far more insidious reason for declining fertility in the US and it has to do with the fact that male sperm count and testosterone have been dropping off an absolute cliff since the 70s. Per capita sperm count is 59% of what it was in the 70s, and testosterone has been dropping 1% a year since then as well. Why is this the case, you might ask? For this, we must meet this week's American alchemist, Dr. Shauna Swan, a reproductive epidemiologist at Mount Sinai in New York.
1: The dangers of these chemicals was known a long time ago, but people didn't listen.
0: Since 2000 2012- in Dr. Swan has been definitively linking the presence of toxic chemicals like phthalates and pesticides to declining male sperm count and testosterone. In fact, when pregnant women are exposed to phthalates early in the gestation period, it deprives the fetus of the necessary testosterone for it to fully develop. Phthalates are almost impossible to avoid in the modern world. You can throw a rock and probably hit a product with phthalates in it. They're plasticizers found in everything from soaps, to perfumes, to colognes, to packaging, to pharmaceuticals, the list goes on.
1: It's disrupting many, many aspects of development. Lower IQ, more developmental problems. Jesus. Yeah.
0: Her new book, Countdown, which I highly recommend, chronicles this silent epidemic in incredible detail. She warns that if we don't turn the fertility trend around, we might suffer from a dramatic decrease in population that we won't be able to bounce back from. You can look to countries like Japan, China, and South Korea, who are all dealing with dire inverted demographic issues right now. Anecdotally, ovarian reserves and egg counts seem to be dropping as well. We're just lacking in hard data on the female side because of the medical community's negligence around this subject
1: there was no requirement
0: that women be included in studies that's crazy so do i have your attention yet i thought so normally i'd say like and subscribe but concurrent with the theme of today's episode i'd say you should probably buy some hormone and pesticide free steak ideally grass-fed some natural wine and go make a baby either way listen to this sobering and somewhat shocking conversation with today's american alchemist Doctor Shauna Swan. You put something wrong in those capsules. I
1: love people that you do a lot.
0: Maybe you should interview me.
1: My initial entry into this field I think was when I did look at those early studies. It was published in 1992 from Denmark saying that sperm count had declined precipitously. What I did was to pretend that we could do the same study exactly in four environments. Mm-hmm. So I picked four cities in the United States that had different environments mm-hmm. and then I used really tight quality control. Mm-hmm. When I was all done I found wow there was a big difference depending on location. Mm-hmm. And the most dramatic one was that men in central Missouri mm-hmm. had half as many moving sperm as men in Minneapolis, mm. half. Mm. Crazy, right? Yeah. And so people living there are in the middle of agriculture and uh. they're got pesticide exposure all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. We showed that pesticide were significantly related to the men's sperm count. And another study in Europe did the same thing, four cities and mm-hmm. independent of ours. Around that time, John Brock, who mm. worked at the CDC, he said, you should study phthalates. And he said, at CDC, we can measure this in people's bodies now. And we know that everybody is exposed to lots of phthalates. People in the National Toxicology Program had studied phthalates in animals. And what they showed that when the mother was exposed during pregnancy, the male offspring are born with their genitals different. They're not completely
0: masculine. An important indicator of lower sperm count is a shorter AGD or anogenital distance.
1: It's a good proxy for how much androgen or testosterone that little male fetus saw Mm -hmm. during gestation. So when I heard about this phthalate syndrome in animals, Mm -hmm. then I said, okay, what about humans? Mm -hmm. And so we had in hand urine that I had collected from the pregnant women and from the men mm-hmm. had stored it. And then I could look at the babies mm-hmm. and see what do their genitals look like, right? Yeah. So it showed that yes, the phthalate syndrome exists in humans mm-hmm. and kind of we went on from there. I replicated that, other people replicated that, and now it's pretty well.
0: How prevalent is it? Obviously, it's sort of a a topic that I'm sure there's all sorts of men specifically walking around, and they're like half developed in that area.
1: Jesse, it's not that dramatic. Okay. On an individual level, they're very subtle. Okay. On a population level...
0: They're dramatic.
1: They're dramatic. Yeah. Right. 50%
0: in 50 years.
1: Right. But for an individual, these babies, if you look at them... They had a slightly shorter intergenital distance, right? They had slightly smaller penises. Okay. They had more likely to have undescended testicles and so on. In fact, people said to us, well, who cares? Yeah. You know, these babies don't look funny. They don't look odd. They don't look malformed. Why? Does it matter if it's a little shorter? Yeah.
0: Well, it's a proxy for sperm count. That's
1: how, that's when we showed that. So in these college students in Rochester, we paid them $75. For which they said they would do anything, (laughs) and I believe it. They let us measure their intergenital distance and give us gave us a urine sample and a blood sample and completed a questionnaire. Yeah. And what we found was that the shorter that distance, the lower the sperm count. And
0: And then sperm is a proxy for longevity. Right.
1: Right. And that, so somebody that's somebody else's study. That's not my study, but that's yeah. amazing, isn't it? That's yeah. That's
0: scary. Right. Yeah. right. yeah. I think
1: what's going on is that in that critical period, mm-hmm. which we know now is in the first trimester, early mm-hmm. first trimester, mm-hmm. when phthalates come in and lower a person's testosterone, which they have the ability to do, mm-hmm. then that they're also affecting lots of other things. poorer language development, lower IQ, more developmental problems. Jesus. Yeah. There's, there's lots of things. It's disrupting many, many aspects of development, and one of those is something that leads to lower sperm count, which is associated with more heart disease, more diabetes, more testicular cancer, you know, and shorter life expectancy. So from the first trimester, a small exposure to these chemicals—it's well, kind of astounding. Right?
0: It is astounding, but yeah. it sort of makes sense that that time in your life would have the greatest multiplicative effect exactly. on your future development. Exactly. These are all devastating consequences. But the most obvious negative repercussion of low male sperm count is its effect on fertility. A 2011 study showed that average sperm count is down to 47 million per milliliter. This is a pretty dire number given that Dr. Swan has cited 40 million per milliliter as a baseline necessary to be a fertile male. So we're possibly verging on a world where the average US male is infertile. Below
1: 40, you start having trouble conceiving. So you can, you can track, a, a beautiful study did this couples trying to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. They got their sperm counts, and then they saw how long did it take. Mm -hmm. And when the count went below 40, it took longer and longer, and it rapidly went, you know, it was the number of conceptions per cycle. The probability of conceiving in a cycle dropped to zero very quickly from 40.
0: And then you combine that with the fact that men and women are generally having kids later. And so uh, sperm generally both mutates and declines in count just naturally.
1: That's right, and so do eggs.
0: And so do eggs, of course, (laughs) yeah. That's a good segue. So we talked about decline in sperm count. What about the decline in ovarian reserves, as you call them in the the book?
1: Yeah, so that's much, much harder to study. But everything from sonograms that are done, it has been shown that the premature ovarian failure, which is premature decline of the number of eggs you have, Mm has been increasing, mm-hmm. but we can't put it in a meta-analysis the way we could with sperm because the data are much much more limited By the way, I don't yeah. know if you know this, but until about five years ago mm-hmm. um, There was no Requirement that women be included in studies
0: generally in studies
1: yeah, generally Okay, and, and the NIH had an edict put out saying that's crazy that this point on women must be Included in studies.
0: Well, yeah, they're biologically different. So (laughs) you can't you can't know anything (laughs) about them You know, I come away uh, from reading this and it's kind of hard to make sense of the world right now I feel like half of my friends have read enlightenment now by Steven Pinker and they talk about how you know This is this is the apex of human civilization It's better than you know, we've we've ever had it and they said all these stats sort of in this direction and then there are other people who think that things have stagnated, declined, and that, you know, there are, there are some real negative repercussions of modernity. How do you make sense of where we're at, given this work?
1: By the way, I love Steven Pinker's work on violence declining. Mm-hmm. And this may be a reflection of the decrease in testosterone.
0: Yeah, that is downstream of a lack of vigor, right? which is not right. good.
1: right? but my where i live and work is in the toxicity crisis.
0: Better things for better living Chemistry,
1: that's the of what we're seeing is, you know, these dramatic declines in fertility, reproductive function, sexual function, we haven't talked about that, but there, you know, there's an increase in um,
0: erectile dysfunction. Erectile right.
1: dysfunction. The use of testosterone by young men is going up dramatically.
0: Right. Which lowers sperm count. Which even lowers more. sperm count. Right. Which
1: is so paradoxical, right? Right. When you see a decrease in reproductive function, it's pretty hidden. People don't talk about that. People don't want to talk about the fact that they're not able to conceive a child naturally. It's also difficult to talk about because for men, mm-hmm. when they do find out that they're Sperm count is low, it's pretty threatening to their masculinity, right? Yeah. And, and and if they find out their testosterone is low too, that's ooh, that's a double whammy. So this is a hidden, mm-hmm. hidden epidemic, if you will. Mm-hmm. So the exposures are silent. We don't know what's in our bodies unless we get our urine blood tested, right? Mm-hmm. So that's silent. It's not like smoking. You know you're smoking. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what's coming in. From these chemicals
0: so it feels like the options if you're growing up in modern society say you're growing up in an urban urban environment we're in New York City right now this is actually a great example of this all I had in the hotel was Evian and so that's we're drinking Evian plastic bottles right uh, you know, Water th- out of that. this
1: plastic may not be too bad okay okay so not all plastics are equal mm-hmm. and I don't know if you picked this up from the book but I have a little ditty in there which is four, five, one, and two, all the rest are bad for you. So if this is a four, five, one, or two. How do we check? We turn it over, Okay. we look at the bottom, we see a triangle, and I see a one in my triangle.
0: I see a one in mine as well. Yeah. Well, it feels like phthalates are, you know, it's on clothing, modern clothing, it's in a lot of soaps and lotions and that sort of thing for for absorption, for optimal absorption. And so I guess the question is, how do you how you do these small things like look at the bottom of these you yeah, know uh, yeah. water bottles? But it seems pretty hard to avoid uh, unless you you know again go full Walden Thoreau on society or something and try to live some self-sufficient, totally off the grid life.
1: I think if we worry about our food first, you would go to the market. You would buy organic food. Is there, is there
0: a number one bad pesticide like DDT or glyphosate or? Well, D-
1: DDT is banned glyphosate i'm pretty concerned about yeah it seems pretty bad yeah um
0: it's it's like everyday fruit that you can't have right that's right
1: right so if you can if you can buy organic Mm. and if you can afford to buy organic Mm -hmm. that's a good thing if you can buy unprocessed food that's a good thing Mm. when you process food through tubes the phthalates are in the tubes, they leave the tubes, they enter the food, they go into your body. Very few people milk their cows by hand. If you milk with a milking machine that has tubes that contain phthalates, the phthalates are in the milk. Yeah, It's on and on and on and on, yeah. right? Linings of tin cans, soda cans, will have this A and so on. And you absolutely do not microwave in plastic. And then, then there's smell. So anything that has a fragrance mm-hmm. is going to have phthalates mm. and, and phenols. And so you try to buy laundry, detergent, fragrance free, cleaning product, yeah. fragrance free, on, on, and on, so on, on. For
0: most colognes or perfumes, yes. they have phthalates. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Can we get it Resources. banned?
1: Can we get it banned? Yeah. No, not in our lifetimes, I think. Okay. Certainly not in mine. What we can do is get it better regulated. Mm -hmm. The EU is doing better than we are. In the EU, 1,100 chemicals are banned from personal care products, Mm. and in the US, 11.
0: (laughs) That's crazy.
1: (laughs) They're moving in the right direction. They care about it, and they're working on it. And that's not true, really, in this country.
0: What do you say to the people that say, you know, so what, the American population was growing too fast anyways, and we 're already at you know three hundred and some odd million people, and uh, resources aren't going to be able to provide for all of those people, and so this is some natural kind of Malthusian stressor just causing uh, population to sort of flatten out, and it'll you know uptick again in the future when, when we 're ready or something like that
1: right right well, <clears throat> first of all, the u s population is below replacement, but countries like by the way. South Korea, I think, is at 1.0 or a little under. No,
0: South Korea is at 0.9. Japan's so, at 1.6. Right. right yeah. looking,
1: you probably yeah. have been looking at that, that database. Here's the catch those countries in Asia that have these very low fertility rates have been making efforts to bring up the population, bring mm-hmm. up the number of births mm-hmm. with economic incentives. And it's not working. Yeah. It's not working. And there's a wonderful book called Empty Planet. Yeah. And his prediction and that of um, Jorgen Ranners and other uh, demographers say it's going to increase the po- world population to perhaps till about 2040. And then it's going to decrease and it will never come back. Wow. And the reason is that once women experience having few children rather than five or six children. Mm hmm. And once they are able to be educated and enter the workforce, they will not go back to staying yeah. home with five or six children. It just isn't happening. Right. You know, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. So uh, are you apocalyptic or what, what is that? Are you hopeful or?
1: You know, I, I, I'm a hopeful person. And so maybe I'm putting too positive a spin on it. Mm-hmm. But my hope is that as we get people to listen to this, they will modify their behaviors and they will demand that we get safer products. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to be dependent on assisted reproduction for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might want to think about freezing your eggs and sperm.
0: Freezing your eggs and sperm. That's, I wanted to talk about that. They're, yeah. they're increasing number of startups that allow yep. you to yep. do both. Uh-huh. Um, so both, both are probably a good idea, like mm-hmm. what, if before the age of... 27, 28, 29? Before 35
1: for women, if possible. Okay. Yeah, and, and for men, the decline is, is slower. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have longer. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, some people are giving this to their children and grandchildren as presents, paying for this freezing because That's they amazing. want to have grandchildren.
0: Yeah, I have a friend who thinks that sperm motility is uh, correlated with fitness of the sperm. So he's a geneticist, and he wants to build a sperm motility filter. So, uh mm-hmm. essentially it'll be it's almost like preconception embryo selection where it's it's not embryo selection but it's a yeah, sort of yeah, a, yeah. you know way yeah. to get the the most the survival of the fittest right. of the sperm or right. whatever and right. get right. the best sperm. It's certainly to match possible, with the egg.
1: but the problem is unless you're doing an ICSI, you know ICSI is when you take a a single sperm and you inject it into an egg. Okay. Okay. If you're doing that, you know what sperm is going to conceive that pregnancy. But in general, you don't know. So right. you can talk about a man's, you know, motility function in general, but you can't say what the motility is of the yep. sperm that does the job.
0: Well, <laughs> sp- speaking of doing an ICSI, um, in the future you might be able to do gametogenesis, right? Where right. you take like right. a skin cell and you kind of r- right. rinse it in chemicals, make sort of a more primordial, uh, basically a gamete, a synthetic right. gamete. Um, and, and and you can even do more sort of genetic variation than you would in embryo selection.
1: I just want to point out that there's some um, environmental justice issues here, mm-hmm. so it's very expensive mm-hmm. to do these procedures, artificial, you know, uh, insemination of various kinds. Yeah. Um. And and most people can't do it. And
0: we can't even create synthetic gametes. I think at mass no. scale at this no. point, they are no. just being studied. But right. right. this was a woman named Evelyn Telfer, I think, in Scotland, right. who's studying, and this no. Japanese. Yeah, study. I mean, there's
1: a lot, there's wonderful new technology that's coming in to help us when we need it because as sperm count is getting lower and lower, we're already at the point where we have to do this next impossible thing yes. quickly.
0: If otherwise, we're going to be drifting towards a dystopian right. idiocracy. I didn't even know that it affected intelligence and just general kind of yeah. performance. Right. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Well, shit.
1: The dangers of these chemicals was known a long time ago, but people didn't listen. Yeah. So I think we need to listen better to our scientists. Yes. And the scientists have to learn how to talk in a way that people can hear them. Yes. And that's what I'm gonna try to do next.
0: So you have a new study that's incredibly consequential and it would get lost in some random, kind of peer-reviewed journal, right? right?
1: I'm trying to get the science out of the ivory tower Mm -hmm. and into things like your podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast, and After School, YouTube, and... and
0: I appreciate you putting me in the same sentence as Joe Rogan's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dr. Swan, appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So men, I know what you're thinking. You want to book the next available lab appointment to check your sperm count. Whatever you do, remember this. Petrochemicals, microplastics, phthalates, and pesticides are everywhere you look. Outside of moving to a log cabin in the woods or Mark Zuckerberg's sweet pad in the metaverse, smart consumer decisions might be all you have. But demanding legislation and spreading the word on this silent epidemic might be a better long-term solution. So think twice before you buy, except when buying Dr. Shauna Swan's book, Countdown. That should be a very easy one-click buy. Until next time, my name is Jesse Michaels, and this is American Alchemy.